From WUSC-FM and HG1 Columbia, I'm Flint Snyder. And I'm Trey Martin. This is Hot Topics from WUSC News. Coming up, a new exhibit arriving at the Art Museum this week is taking visitors inside the imaginative mind of one of the world's most famous graphic artists, M.C. Escher. We'll talk about his art that transformed the art world and how you can get an early look at the new installation. Plus, Savage Craft Airworks, a much-anticipated new brewery, opened up this past weekend in West Columbia. We'll tell you how this new spot is not only attracting attention from local beer enthusiasts, but also making headlines for who is on its staff. And COVID vaccination rates are up across the Palmetto State, with more vaccination sites opening. We'll talk with one USC student who was able to volunteer at one of these centers. He'll tell us about his experience and what he got in return. That's all coming up this week on Hot Topics. And welcome back to another episode of Hot Topics right here from WUSC News. I'm Flint Snyder. And I'm Trey Martin. And we have a lot to talk about today, Trey. First of all, um, and I didn't tell you I was going to talk about this, but I saw this right before we got on. And it, did you know that it snowed in Blythewood yesterday? It did? It did. Nothing. Wait, no- what? Yeah, you like. totally surprised me I, I know. I'm sorry about that. But <laughs> it, uh, yeah, it snowed in Blythewood. Obviously, it wasn't like anything like substantial, but it was just conversational, like little flakes here and there. And I thought that was insane, the fact that it was snowing in South Carolina in the Midlands yesterday. Yeah, yesterday was like the worst weather day ever. I was so depressed like the whole time. I was like, oh my God, this is terrible. It was cloudy, cold, then it rained when it wasn't supposed to. Mm -hmm. It like started, like the day opened up and it was all sunny and I was like, yes, we're finally past. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, but... The sun was shining today. Yeah, it was a it was a good day. It was uh it was a nice day outside. But yeah, I just couldn't believe that like it snowed here, in in Blythewood. That was that was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Shout um, out to Blythewood. Yeah, shout out to good old Bwood. Yeah, I I've been over there a lot. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, it is a cool little town. Um, so today we have a lot to talk about about what's coming to Columbia or what is in the process of opening up in Columbia, including one of our favorite attractions here at the show, the Columbia. Museum of Art. They are having a really cool exhibit coming, opening this weekend, I believe, um, by the artist uh, M.C. Escher. He is a Dutch artist, um, and he is kind of known for his like imaginative designs and uh, he, he like dreamy visions, very very surreal uh, art uh, artworks. Um, and uh, they are going to have like infinite staircases. Um, apparently, like there's birds that are going to be changing into fish and back again. Um, and two hands drawing each other. Like, it's kind of like, what do you call that? Like avant-garde art, you know? Like, oh, gosh. Yeah. Are you looking at the pictures right I, now? I'm looking at the pictures. Um, the best way I can describe this was, like, when I was a kid, these um, these designs were, like, up in, like, teachers' classrooms, mm-hmm. like, up on, like, the wall, and, like, you'd look at it, and it would just say something like imagination. Yeah. And, you know, it was just, like, an endless staircase or, like, the hands drawing each other, mm-hmm. drawing hands. Um, so whenever I saw this, I just got a ton of nostalgia from elementary school, like, just oh, <laughs> looking, really? at, these, yeah, looking well, at these designs. It's it's funny you say that because I think the the point of the, music, uh, the exhibit actually is kind of like a dream, like, you know, childlike whimsical type deal 
Um, but M.C. Escher, uh, he died in 1972, unfortunately. But his art lives on. Um, and this is it's a traveling exhibit. So it'll be here, I believe, through this summer at the uh, Museum of Art. And it's the largest private Escher collection on exhibit on exhibition rather in the world. Um, and it, like you said, Trey, they have drawings, lithographs, all the fun stuff. Um, and then it's it's cool because this a lithograph a lithograph that's a big word yeah I'm gonna pretend like I know what that means and <laughs> um, Trey's looking it up as we speak but um, yeah so they're gonna have um, a glimpse into some of his more famous works but then also you're gonna get to see a lot of the stuff that isn't as famous from him um, and uh, yeah so it's uh, uh, coming to the Museum of Art um, I believe it opens this Saturday but. The audience, the uh, public will get a chance to get a sneak preview of it this Friday. Uh, I believe tickets are free for the sneak preview this Friday, February 5th. Just head over to the museum's website for the uh, latest on uh, on uh, all the things uh, M.C. Escher coming to the uh, Columbia Museum of Art. I looked up what lithograph means. What's that? It's like... Um they like put the ink on like a stone and mm-hmm. then they put the art like they like lift it up. Yeah. All right. <laughs> worst ex- worst explanation of a lithograph. We're going to we're going to take that awesome explanation there, Trey, and uh, run with it. Um, but yeah, so they MC Escher, he was a Dutch graphic artist, just a little bit of background on him, who made uh, mathematically inspired woodcuts, lithographs and uh, a lot of other works as well. Um, and then so obviously now, you know, for him having a traveling exhibit, you know, and despite all this wide popular interest in it, Escher for a long time was somewhat neglected in the artwork because his works were so like progressive and just kind of such a departure of what was known as like the standard of art while he was alive and I guess in his prime. Um, and even in like the Netherlands, which is known as a very like, forward moving culturally and you know um but he was 70 before a retrospective exhibit of his was held so like could you imagine just all this time and then 70 is when you finally get your spotlight to shine i'd be really upset yeah if if that was me well he like he's probably like like, i told you so yeah yeah so uh i've been doing this (laughs) but yeah so you're definitely i kind of want to it kind of reminds me of um one of the art exhibits we talked about last semester on the show um, that came to Main Street as well. Not at the uh, art museum, but um, remember our Isaac Charles, who we had on? Yes. They they kind of like designed their own. It was like surreal, very whimsical art designs that were very avant-garde and very just like super abstract. It's very much in the similar vein of that. So if you were interested in that, you'll definitely like this exhibit. Um, like I said, you can get ticket info and how to join in on the action for the sneak peek day this Friday all on the museum's website. But we're going to go to art to beer, which is a great transition there. But uh, we have a new brewery in town. Speaking of beer, happy 21st birthday, oh, thank Flynn you. Snyder. Well, happy 22nd birthday, Trey Martin. Thank you. Yes, your birthday right. was a couple days before mine earlier last week. And uh, so, yeah, I can now go. We both can. After the show, we can go grab a, grab a pint at the new uh, Savage Craft Ale Works that opened in West Columbia this weekend. Yeah, so it's located... Um, off of uh i i think it's near like state street just across the uh gervais street bridge Mm -hmm. in west columbia um and this uh savage craft ale i i looked up it is the according to i guess columbia sc's website it is the 23rd brewery that has opened here in um columbia or in the columbia area 
And I was telling you before the show, like I've lived here for a very long time and there have not been 23 breweries here or anywhere near that amount. Uh, So I think it's really just speaking to uh, this huge movement of of like breweries that are opening just across the country. Yeah, yeah, and um, it it's funny too. Like even just since I've been here for my limited time, obviously it hasn't been a lifetime like you, but it, it has been a couple of years for me. And I feel like every couple of months, especially within the last year, there's just been a huge like opening of breweries. You'll hear every you know every couple of weeks. It's just like something new is coming. But this one is different um, in the sense that it was restored and moved into the former Brooklyn Police Station, Fire Department, and Jail, which awesome. is cool. So they. What I read and what I saw in the, a lot of the pictures was that they incorporated old parts of like they have like parts of the firehouse and parts of the jail and they turned it into like furniture and patio furniture. Can you slide down the pole? <laughs> you know, maybe I like think that's really, another club that like you can really go to drunk. for that. Yeah, I think that's another club for that. <laughs> but um, <laughs> maybe if you just get if you drink a lot of beer, I think uh, there definitely might be uh, a fire pole around or two. Um, but you'll notice pieces of history throughout the modern space. And it, it kind of is cool because it kind of merges like an old timey feel uh, of the old Brooklyn Police Department and fire station to uh, this like modern outdoor space. Um, like they have old photographs on the walls and the tables are, like I said, constructed of the old fire station doors as well, which is I think is really cool that they incorporated that. Um, and another reason this uh, this place is getting so much attention, by the way, it opened this past weekend on Saturday, and it was a huge uh, grand opening, um, but it's perfect for COVID because they have a large rooftop patio that offers stellar views of Columbia. I was seeing, I was going through their Instagram, and you know, you're in West Columbia right across the river, and you look right across, and you just see the skyline and everything. It looks really, really cool. Um, can't wait for the weather to warm yeah. back up. Well, it's funny you mentioned that, Trey, because they also have a fire pit as well to stay warm. Oh. They like they really thought of everything, and uh, you know I wonder They're too. They're smart. Yeah, they are smart, and you know I wonder because this was being built all this summer, and you know when COVID started, so a lot of the construction has been during COVID times, and I wonder if they like went back to the drawing board after they saw how restaurants were kind of having to readjust and be like, okay, well this is what we need to change, or this is you know, um, so that's kind of interesting. Um, and I think because like breweries most of the time have like a kind of a limited food menu Mm -hmm. so they can have like, I don't know, more space dedicated to like the people and not like the equipment that you need to like run a huge restaurant. Um, and, and I mean, oftentimes like these breweries have been built recently, so they're designed with the intention of like you know, having people in these like really big like spaces. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, with COVID, it definitely has just, we've seen a surge in popularity of them because a lot of them also include like outdoor and indoor seating options. So uh, just another option here to check out yeah. in the Columbia area. But what's really my favorite part about this whole thing is that it is owned and operated entirely by veterans, um, which is really cool. The owner um, he's a veteran himself, and he, all of his staff, majority of them are veterans as well. So not only is are they giving to the community another chance to drink, but uh, also uh, another opportunity for employment for uh, well-deserving veterans, that is. So uh, a great story, great place, and definitely go check it out. Go get, uh, go get some drinks at Savage Craft. Go to the uh, new art museum ex- exhibit, and uh, you got your Friday, Saturday night planned yep. out. And you can support the troops. Yes. Yes, exactly. But uh, we're going to take a quick 
commercial break. And uh, when we come back, we have a very interesting interview today, something different. We're going to be talking to a USC student who volunteered at a local vaccination center. We're going to tell you about his experience, or he's going to tell you about his experience, actually, and what he got in return that may surprise you. That's coming up next. This is Hot Topics from WUSC News. Back here at 23 minutes after the hour here on Hot Topics from WUSC News. And uh, interesting interview we have coming up for you now. Um, as you, uh, as a lot of people know, the vaccination drive across a lot of the country, but especially here in South Carolina, is on. Um, as we've reported here on WSC News, uh, South Carolina has been one of the slower states in the country to implement its vaccine rollout, um, including percentage of population vaccinated. But now numbers are on the rise after Prisma Health yesterday announced that they have vaccinated their 100,000th person, just Prisma Health, aside from every all the other organizations doing uh, vaccinations across South Carolina. Um, and they are also opening another testing site, too, in the state. Um, so things look to be on the mend across South Carolina. But right now joining us is... USC student Isaac Luther. He uh, recently volunteered at a vaccination center, and uh, he's here to kind of tell us about his experience and kind of what the whole process was like, because, you know, we've been hearing so much about, Trey, this whole vaccine, you know, we're going to get it, we're going to get it. But I think a lot of people are really confused as to what the process actually looks like. So Isaac joins us now. Isaac, thanks for joining us. Can you hear me? Are you there? Yep, I can hear you. Hi, thanks for joining us today. So kind of just quickly tell me about how you came to found out about the volunteer opportunity at the vaccination center that you volunteered at? Yeah, so I have a friend that's in a, um, like a professional fraternity. Um, and she, I guess, found out through um, one of her brothers. Um, so she just told me to sign up for it. She's like, oh, here, you can sign up to volunteer, um, help the vaccine distribution. And um, if you do it, there's a good chance they'll offer you um, the vaccine as well. So I thought, might as well do it. Um, yeah. And so, I mean, what do they have you doing at this vaccination? So you pull in, you, you drive up to help out for the day. I mean, you weren't you weren't given any shots out. I mean, what, what do they have you doing? Yeah. Um, so there were a few different things that the um, volunteers like me could do, because obviously I couldn't do anything um, like related to the actual uh, medical stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But what I was doing um, was as the cars uh, rolled up, um, I would basically ask who in the car was there to get the vaccine. Um, and I would have to make sure they qualify. So I'd ask them some questions like, oh, are you above the age of 70? Or like, which uh, group are you in, uh, in phase 1A that would allow them to get the vaccine? Um, and once I determined who qualified, and if they didn't, I'd have to uh, obviously tell them they couldn't get the vaccine. But once we found that out, uh, I'd give them like consent forms um, that they had to fill out just to get the vaccine. And that was what my, uh, that was what my um, location in the, process was. And there are a few other volunteers that were doing things like uh, directing traffic um, and just stuff like that. Mm -hmm. What would you say was like the um, uh, emotions or kind of the what what did you see from the people that you were interacting with? Were they excited, nervous, scared? Yeah, it it was actually interesting. There was honestly a bit of everything you had. You had everything from someone that just seemed like really annoyed and they wanted to just like get out of there and get their vaccine as soon as possible. And then you had people that were like really um, like 
grateful that they had the the chance and they were like super like nice and everything. Um, and it, it definitely was interesting to see the difference in how everyone was acting. Um, I'd say a lot of like the younger people that came through were kind of, uh, were kind of uh, blunt and not very, um, I don't know, they, they, Mm-hmm. They seemed a lot less excited than some of the older. They just people wanted though. to get it over. Yeah, yeah. They just want. They just wanted to get in and get out. I mean, we we've heard all these horror stories about you know all these people driving. First of all, where was where were you? Where were you giving out these vaccinations or helping give out these vaccinations? Yeah, I was at Gamecock Park. Okay, which is like right next to the stadium. And that's the Prisma Health one, right? Yep. Okay, so. You, you show up and we've heard all of these stories about people, especially the most vulnerable to COVID, waiting in these huge lines for hours and hours. Was there anything like that? Was it a smooth process? Did you have long wait times? What was it like? Yeah, so I did it um, on Saturday. And actually, it was really um, like it wasn't busy at all when I was doing it. Um, they, I think they said that whole day they only think they got... Um, this was like their estimate from which they thought they were going to get for the day was like somewhere around like 800. And I think normally it's in the thousands mm-hmm. um, at that location. So it was going really slowly. The wait was no more than like 30 minutes um, for the whole process. Uh, so at least the day I was there, I don't think there were any horror stories like that. Um, although I definitely have seen that other days it was a lot, uh, a lot more busy. And I think that's really surprising to me because I mean, this is something that's in like high demand so the fact that you guys are that not you guys but they have like slow days you know like hey not that many people came and got this today Mm -hmm. is like fascinating to me i would think that like they'd be trying to get as many people every day as they possibly could well and it kind of goes in trade to what we were saying before the show um is like you know they i think that's why they're kind of opening up the eligibility right now because there was such a lax in people actually signing up to get the vaccine like they have the supply and the supply is increasing by i think 16 percent this week across the country and so i think they want to really open up the eligibility so that way you know like we can get the vaccines into the arms of people and somebody who did get the vaccine in the arms of people as you said isaac in response to or you know you volunteering they offered you the covid vaccine so you got the vaccine, you got the first dose of the vaccine. What was it like? Honestly, it was uh, it was really painless. I heard a lot of stories about people saying that like they woke up the next morning feeling like awful. Um, the process getting it was easy. Um, it I was my arm was a little sore for the next day or two. Um, but other than that, it it wasn't bad. It, definitely was not the worst vaccine I've gotten. Yeah. And uh, so I just want to be clear, though, just to make sure we don't have a a mad mass of volunteers going to Prisma Health tomorrow. Like the vaccine wasn't guaranteed to you, though, right? They said if we have any on reserve, we would give Mm -hmm. you the the vaccine. Is that correct? Well, so when I signed, I signed up a few weeks ago. And back then, their website said something like um, volunteers will be offered the vaccine or something like Mm -hmm. that. Um, But about a week ago, they like removed that from their list. And then I want to say yesterday or very recently, they actually emailed people saying they don't need volunteers anymore, mm-hmm. um, which is interesting to me because uh, I don't know how they're going to like replace all the people that were doing those jobs unless if they're just making uh, only like Prisma Health workers um, do every everything for mm-hmm. the um, for the vaccine distribution. Um, but yeah, I that, that did surprise me. So I, I don't really know what they plan on doing. Yeah, but just to be clear, they, they weren't like 
guaranteeing if you volunteer. I just want everyone going to the Prisma website. I guess yeah, the they, bottom. They did. They okay. Did. Yeah. Yeah. Just just yeah. the bottom line. I guess if you are listening to this and this is something you might be interested in, is to check with the healthcare provider before you go out, just so you don't go out near any false pretenses that you might get a vaccine, even though you know in reality it has to go to the mm-hmm. priority groups. Like Isaac was saying, those in Group One A, and like we reported earlier, those over sixty-five now are all eligible to get the vaccine and go sign up for that. Um, Trey, did you have anything else before we wrapped up? Or I was just going to ask, you know, this is such a historical event. You know, how, how did it feel personally being there? No, it was it was really cool um, because I feel like I've never um, like been able to have the opportunity to do like to like give service at what could be considered such a like uh, pivotal event in our in like the time I've been alive. Um, so it was definitely a unique experience and it felt cool. A lot of the other volunteers were saying the same thing. Um, they're saying like, wow, it's so cool to just be here and have this opportunity to help out with this distribution. That's really awesome. And I mean, you know, we hear a lot about people being on the fence about the vaccine. Now that you've seen the process of how the vaccine is administered, what is your message to people who are either anticipating getting the vaccine soon or, you know, awaiting their spot to get the vaccine? What is your message to people just overall about the vaccine? Um, I'd say, yeah, just like hang in there while the uh, priority groups get it. But once you're able to, um, you should go and get it. Um, it'll help get our whole um, society back to where we want it to be. And yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Isaac, thank you so much for coming on. I think a lot of people hearing your experience with the uh, with the whole process is really going to make it make it not more normalized, but make it more, uh, I guess, easier. Yeah, easier. Exactly. But uh, Isaac, thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. And that's going to do it for this week's episode of Hot Topics. Join us every Wednesday for the latest news and entertainment, culture, food, and everything in between. Hot Topics is a production uh, by WSC News and Garnet Media Group and is produced by Troy Dassing. You can catch other WSC News shows on Monday and Friday at 6 o'clock p.m. and on Garnet Media Group. Plus, just before we go, I want to tease a little interview that we have coming up next week, uh, a a photographer, a sideline photographer for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. She will be on our show next week. She's a CIC grad, alum here at the school, and uh, she's coming back to her stomping grounds to tell us all about her experience at the Super Bowl this weekend. So, Trey, I know you and I are looking forward to that. That'll be next week on the show. I'm definitely looking forward to it. Yeah, for sure. Plus, if you're not able to catch WSC News shows live, check out our podcast for all the highlights. Stream them on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Just search WSC News. Plus, for round-the-clock updates about future shows, follow us online on Instagram and Twitter at WUSC News. And I'm I'm Trey Martin. And I'm Flynn Snyder. Thanks for joining us. And remember to keep it hot.